Welcome back to the Spirits Guide Podcast. I am Rich, your guide through the intoxicating spirits world. And welcome to the first Thursday night tasting of 2023. We are back. I know I took a lot of time off. Uh, There was a lot going on that I'll explain at another time. But I am back, re-energized, refocused, and ready to do what it is that I do. And, you know, on this first Thursday night tasting of 2023, it's only fitting that the things that inspire me, which are the connections that I make with so many of you uh, through spirits, this episode, I am trying two sweet mash whiskeys with my great dear friend, Peter Thomas. Now, sweet mash whiskeys are sort of not traditional, you know, typically, uh, they're a sour mash whiskey. So you make your whiskey, you use a little bit of the spent grain, uh, to kind of start the next batch. And what that does is that means you don't really have to keep cleaning out the tank every time you use it. When you do sweet mash, you make a batch, you have to clean out the tank. Um, so it's just more labor intensive. There's a lot more involved in it. Uh, and it does change the flavor of the whiskey a little bit. So we are tasting high and wicked. And we are also tasting a whiskey that Peter had brought to me called Hard Truth. Two bourbons uh, with different compositions. Uh, but on a linear way, they're both made in the same style. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, and always fun to just you know, drink and talk about it with other human beings, because that truly is what this is all about for me, sharing, having discussions, um, and enjoying good, good stuff. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I haven't lost you by being away so long. Full episodes are coming too. You know, that's part of what I've been doing is reformatting the podcast. Um, and, and also working on another podcast, Uh, on the side uh, with a a very specific co-host. So uh, lots of stuff that's been going on in the interim. Uh, Again, I apologize for being away, but thank you so much for coming back and and listening and giving me another shot here. Hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. Hopefully it inspires some conversations amongst you uh, and maybe uh, inspires you to go out and seek out these whiskeys. You guys know the drill. If you like what is going on here, go to the podcast page, click that follow button, give it a five-star review, share it out on your social media so that your friends can join us on this journey. Follow on Instagram and Facebook as The Spirits Guide, where I'm posting not only things that I'm drinking because there's so much more to this spirited journey than just drinking. I'm posting things that I'm listening to, uh, talking about, you know, movies and TV shows that I watch, uh, books that I'm reading. It it all kind of works together for me. Um, and everything I put on there, there's no sort of trophy fake things. If I'm posting a spirit, it's because I'm actually drinking it and tasting it. If I'm posting a book, I'm actually reading it on Sunday vinyl. I'm actually listening to that. It's just, a it's just me just expressing myself and, and, and who I am. So I know there's a lot of people out there on Instagram who are posting bottle shots and other things, and they're not really 
enjoying them or consuming them with friends. Uh, they're just looking for for likes and, and whatever. Uh, that's not what is happening here at the Spirit's Guide. So <clears throat> let you guys get into the episode. Again, hopefully you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, cheers. Where'd you get it? Uh, this just came in today. We had to pre-order it. Um, I just posted it up on Facebook. Oh, I haven't uh, even looked at it. So by the time this podcast episode comes out, it will have been up for at least a week or so. Sweet. This is High and Wicked. If you do any research on them, they've got some like specialty one-off, single-barrel releases. I don't know where the juice is coming yeah, from. Yeah, it's, it's not marked, obviously. Um, so, again, we is had to a, pre-order it. It's a straight, so it's at least it, two years. It, so it's a five-year. Here's the specs on it. Oh, nice. Um, Five-year whiskey, which I don't know, again, where they're getting it from. So this company was started by two former executives from Brown Foreman. Okay. I forget the the first names, but the last names on both of them were Brown. So I'm assuming that they're from... There's a bloodline the, the there. Garvin Brown sure. bloodline. Um, good pedigree. Good pedigree. Like I said, there's some other sort of single-barrel offerings that if you go on their website, they've... Kind of been like everybody else is doing these single barrel, yeah, that's, that's rare, right exclusive uh, releases. What's interesting, and we'll taste this for anybody listening to set the stage. Um, I love the bottle. Oh, I, love uh, the bottle. I had you bring down the hard truth because we tasted the hard truth yesterday. Yeah. And we were talking about how it's Literally. a sweet mash. Yep. And there aren't many other sweet mashes on the ah. market. This is a sweet mash whiskey. Interesting. So to me, that accounts for some of the price point. It's $100 yep. a bottle. Doesn't surprise um, me at all. Especially, you said seven years? Five years. Or five, but still. It's five years. It's sweet mash. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that means, uh, whiskey, typically you make a batch. The spent grains kind of get left behind. There's some acids in there. And that kind of carries into the next batch. So there's always some sort of continuity of flavors. Uh, but it also means you don't have to clean the tanks nope. in between because of the acidity pH and things content. that are left yep. behind. Uh, with sweet mash, it's basically like making a batch of beer. You make it, you have to clean it, sanitize it. Super, super sanitized. Much more labor intensive. Yeah. Um, it also changes the flavor profile as well. Um, the only other one I know of that does it is Peerless, and I think that whiskey is incredibly overrated. Oh, it's in the 90s. For 80s, what it 90s. is. So what we've got is five-year sweet mash bourbon mash bill. I've never seen this before, but it's a barely legal bourbon. So what is it, like 51? 51.5? 51%, 51 corn. I've never heard that. 39% rye, 10% malted barley. Whoa. Yeah, you are right on the edge. So, I don't know where the juice is coming from. They started the company in 2019. Uh, so, I don't know where they obviously weren't making it themselves. If the company is only three years old and that's a five-year whiskey. Uh, I also got into the store the cask strength version of that. So, that's bottled at 104. Um, 
medium toast on the wood. Yeah, they've number four chart. Yeah, the the label is fantastic. A ton of info on the label. Um, yeah, one hundred four proof. The cask strength is one twenty five point two. Now, to be perfectly honest, I mean they're both the same price on my shelf. The way the deal came in, we got a free bottle on a case of this, mm -hmm. so that could lower the price. I used it as a burn bottle yeah. to taste so for you and I and also for other customers sure. to try to sell this stuff, Sure, um, which I don't know how difficult or easy that will be. I don't know. Another episode for another time, but my sort of just weariness of everything is a special one-off one release. True. Well, there's a lot of pedigree there. there. There's a lot of interesting pedigree in the fact that it's Sweet Mash. It's a few dollars more than the that. Hard Truth. Um, so I was curious as to how they're going to pair up. That nose. And you know, people listening can't see, but, I mean, we just poured a small sample. We're not even below the neck on not this. Not at all. Yeah, this is... Literally just peeled the foil and popped the top. Yeah, you... Usually you want to maybe let some of the, uh, but it, it, at least just a little over a hundred proof. The rye the definitely rye shines. The rye is shining. So I, I can see just based on nose, maybe the thought process of the mash bill. Yeah. I mean, we see other quote unquote high rye bourbons, but this is the highest rye I've ever you're seen. Out, you're ever going to get. Yeah. The rye is definitely poking right through get like that sort of green apple yep like a brightness to it not the dill no i'm not but definitely a bright green you are getting the, the the classic rice mm -hmm. spice but no dill none of the green it's like bright green like maybe not even granny smith not the tart but a green apple nonetheless yeah there's some citrus poking through yeah When I can get my nose all the way in that glass, there's no burn. Nope. What'll be fun is compare this to this, because the ABV is maybe, what, another 10 points? Yeah. This is about 10 mm -hmm. points higher, and I'm pointing to the hard we'll truth see. for the audience. All right. Here we go. That's the rye to me is the star of the show. It's to me it's almost like mentholated, like Yeah, this this isn't even remotely close to what we we've no. been tasting. This is and it's and it's fascinating because what we tasted yesterday was ninety four six. This is just peeking through, bare minimum. I would love to know. Yeah, it's like what type of rye they're using. So according to the the bottle, which again is loaded with info, beautiful transparency. It's the 
it's all Kentucky grain. Yeah, they show it. The at least the the corn and the rye. Yep. I don't know where they're getting the barley from, but at least the corn and the rye are all Kentucky grown. Yep. It's distilled in Kentucky, and it makes me wonder: is it Brown Foreman juice? You know, like they used to work for Brown Foreman. Yeah, what's... they have the connections. It could be, could be Old Forester. Well, at least made it Old Forester. Yeah. Could be made at Woodford. Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm not getting anything that is familiar to my palate. No. That I could trace it back. No, and I... Like a Woodford rye, or an old, even the Old Forester. Yeah, I mean, it almost drinks like a rye. Oh, absolutely. Not so much like... If you asked me to taste this blind... I would never have guessed that it's a straight bourbon. It's one more. Mm. It's like a little bit of like a caramel green apple. Yeah, the the more traditional caramel. It is mid palate it's it's the sweetness does start to poke through a little bit little hints of cocoa i mean it's yeah, changing I, as the air gets in there yeah for sure the, there's definitely more of a of a, a menthol like you said almost like vicks vapor rub but in like the best in a possible good way. way yeah yeah like Great when you inhale feel. that that air of, of a vapor i'd rub. say more of a medium it's not a heavy more like medium medium light viscosity yeah, yeah, not overly creamy. Nope. But no heat either. Nope. nope. It's right on its proof point mm. as far as transitioning over to what you're tasting. It's it's really it's an interesting bottle of whiskey and it's it's to me if you've got an adventurous palate, yeah, that's what that's what you're going for. If you want to try something that you want to expand your palate mm. and you just don't want to go back to the standard dry 55.5 MGP or even some mm. of the, the smaller one ratios. Mm. This is totally separate onto itself mm. and that's probably why they did it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's almost like the perfect sort of quote-unquote boo rye. It really does combine the best even think about that. of bourbon and rye at that point. Yeah, I mean, this is this this it'd be kind of cool, Rich, to run this up against a Redwood Empire. Yeah, the Burai. Yep, just for kicks and giggles. I think the rye is more dominant in in this. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, wow, the the rye just really. And and you can tell there is clearly barrel influence for those that can't see. Obviously, we've got it right up against the hard truth, which is. A combination of just two to three year, and it's clearly darker. Mm -hmm. It's got more of a, a reddish, darker hue, whereas the hard truth is like a classic copper penny. So there's clearly some oak influence that's taming that down. Otherwise, if that was two to three years, I think you'd. I don't think it would taste nearly as polished as it does now. No, no, and again, like going back to the specs. The barrels are toasted, 
So there's a medium toast on the barrel. Yeah. And then it's a number four char where most people use... the al That's like the alligator three. char, right? Yeah. yeah. So that should bring out some, actually some sweetness too. All copper mm -hmm. column. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the packaging is phenomenal. They did a great job. Of course, the only thing they're not going to disclose, and it's probably an NDA, yep. they're not going to let you know where it's sourced, but that's not unusual. Mm -hmm. No, that's good stuff. And it's, not to oversell it as a rye, but the rye character is so strong, that it's almost a stronger rye character than some of the ryes Absolutely. that we've tasted, that are 51 and up. And that's almost maybe a segue. Yeah, if you had told me, drinking that blind, that this is a, this is a rye, I'd go, okay. I would buy it 100%. 100%. But I, and I agree, like tasting that against Lost Monarch, but I almost think you'd have to taste that against Lost Monarch cask strength. Yes. Because Absolutely. The, the cask yeah. of the Lost Monarch really brought the, the rye, rye Absolutely. forward. Yeah, there's no question. All right, so now on to the hard truth, which immediately nosing it. Isn't it sweeter? I got it's more. It's sweeter, but I'm getting, like, comparatively, like, I get a little bit more of that kind of woody note yeah. now. Yeah, immediately you get more of the oak. And I think, honestly, I think that might be more of the youth. Yeah. That is extremely well hidden. In the high and wicked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting any oak, comparatively no. speaking, with the high and wicked. I am now, now that you can do a head-to-head, -head, yeah, you're mm -hmm. getting a little bit of the youth in that fresh-cut mm -hmm. wood mm -hmm. in the hard truth. Which I feel like we didn't get not yesterday, at all yesterday when we tasted no. it. Now, granted, we're way below the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if anything, that should open it up. I, I feel the hard truth has more of a sweeter nose. Yes. And I'm getting... I'm almost getting more tropical fruit. Yeah, I was just going to say... I'm even getting like... I'm almost getting like a peach or maybe a pineapple. Like, or, yeah, I'm, same thing. I was thinking that like... That I did not get yesterday. It's almost like like fruit punch. Yeah, there. This is so much more fruit forward than that, and yet it's the mash bill we know with a hard truth. If we didn't repeat it, is ninety four six, and you're not getting any dill. You're not nope. getting those traditional greenness at all. Yeah, that's wild. How it changed in a day. Very quickly. And. It, and it shows, like, one, the fun of tasting it as it sort of oxidizes, but then how things show after what you previously tasted before it's, that. That it, it absolutely evolves. And again, this is, um, what did I say, roughly about 10. This is one, the hard truth is 115.3. So, 11 proof points higher. Yeah. On the nose, you'd never know the difference.
tropical fruit. This That's is crazy. So fruit forward. Mm-hmm. The rise there, but it's it, it's kind of in the back of the orchestra. This is like not fruit punch, but there. This it's is very fruit dominant. Pineapple cherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a like one of those fruit cups we used to have in in grammar school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this mm-hmm. it, it's so bizarre. That's why you mm-hmm. shouldn't get hung up on what you even mm-hmm. read. Specifically, don't get hung up about high proof and chase necessarily high proof and only barrel proof because this disputes that. And don't get hung up about age. Nope. These two bottles turn both of those... Yeah, on its head. On its head. And not for nothing. I mean, we've just said it like three times. It's 11 proof points higher. Alcohol-wise, I don't taste the difference. Again, if I did this blind... I would say they're almost exactly the same. I would have guessed they're both over 100 proof, and that's it. Yeah, I would have guessed 95 to 105. Yep. But I don't taste a a 10-point proof difference. Not at all. On that. Yeah, this is kind of right in the bottled and bond range. Now that I'm going back. Going back to the... The High and Wicked, I'm picking up other notes that I didn't get on the initial. I, this is going to sound weird, but going back to it now, I'm almost getting like like pickling spice. And somebody told me to do that. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I can, I can get that. That I've never tasted anything like the High and Wicked, not even close. No, they're both fantastic. In their own, in their, in their own, own way. Yeah. Way, yeah. Great bottle. If you had either one of these on your bar, with your three tier mm-hmm. system. Yep. Packaging top-notch they did they did their homework so yeah the three-tiered system is it good on the high and wicked yeah i think it's really good uh is it worth the money that's is it worth a hundred bucks i guess then it comes down to like for me i like to just go home pour a glass of whiskey and and sip and i'll probably have three of them while i'm yeah binge watching yellowstone which is my new rabbit hole (laughs) um is it a daily drinker? I don't. I don't. Think I don't so. think so. It's it's an interesting drinker. You know, it's a uh, you know on the sort of is it a taster, a sipper, or a drinker? It's a taster. I think like it's I'm a glad taster. it may be a, a sipper, but it's not. I don't know that I could keep going back to that glass after glass. No. Maybe in cocktails, make a good old fashioned. Depending on the bitters you're going to use yeah, and, you, you, and how you're going to play with it as yeah. a sort of palate, um, I would I, I wouldn't be inclined. There are too many other ryes that I have that I would go for a mm-hmm. cocktail. I would have this if I had somebody like you 
who appreciates spirits and I'd say, I want you to try something you probably have yep. never tried before. Probably 90% of your friends that fall into that category have never tried that. Yeah. And that'd be a blast. Yeah. So is it good? Yes. Is it worth the money? I, I'm going to put that under anything is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Um, does the bottle start a conversation? Yeah. I think that bottle is cool. I think the packaging is great. The transparency it provides is fantastic. Uh, I just don't know that I would pony up a hundred bucks for it. And by the way, here at the store, the cask strength you're is the is same the exact same price. So that then now you're you're playing into maybe adding a few drops of water, and that's the the game that mm -hmm. a lot of folks do is they'll get the the barrel proof. And it's really not a 750 ml because at the end of the day, if you're adding water... It's a liter. It's a liter. Yep. So now it's reasonable. Mm -hmm. And then one other comparison, which maybe isn't fair, what if we pulled out a Michter's 10-year rye that's mm -hmm. probably going for 3x, 4x, mm -hmm. what that is, even if you could get it. Yep. So is it worth it? Yeah. I think that's the other thing is in the sort of current landscape... On my end of every week. The We've high got this, end stuff? It's a limited, you know, allocated whiskey. It's, you know, it's a hundred bucks a bottle. You know, I've got, you know, 2XO out there now. How and, about, I mean. Some of these other bottles that are all a hundred. Do you want to go chase a boss hog mm -hmm. and spend 500 bucks? Or do you want mm -hmm. something that it's super unique? Yep. It's got a really nice age statement to it. And it's quality mm -hmm. juice. You can tell it's made well. Yeah, it's definitely made well. Um, That's the way I'd look at it. Rather than go chase, get something different. Yep. And pay MSRP. And if anything, if you can get, I, I, we haven't even tasted it yet. But if it were me and I was looking at this, I, I would probably, probably pound for pound buy the cast. Buy the cast strength. Yep. Because you're going to get an intensification mm. of flavor. Mm. I think that's. That's where I'd go. Yeah, and I think I'm with you. Like, it's it's a hundred dollar bottle. If we were gonna have like a whiskey night, absolutely, and pass it around and have a bunch of people, everybody bring in their a couple of bottles. And, I, I want to bring something that probably nobody's, nobody's had. Got yep, and feel very comfortable mm -hmm. that somebody's gonna like that. But to sit and twist back mm, three or four glasses of that in a night, I don't. I think it's too interesting to do that. You mm. know. Like, I just want to sort of settle in, hit that ride where I'm just... And dig into yeah. it more neat. Mm. And I, I just would feel it would be sacrificing too much quality to throw it in a cocktail. That's just me. Yep. I mean, hey. And I think for 100 bucks, it's, it's a lot of money to spend Heck yeah. to throw it in a cocktail. But overall, yeah, I like it. And I'll say it's worth the money because I also understand sweet mash. Oh, yeah. You know, buying the, the juice... Rye is a lot more expensive than yep. corn. You know, anything now. I mean, if you even do the basics, it's 10 years per year. Right. So it's 50 right out of the box. Right out of the gate. And a little bit more for the sweet mash. Sweet mash, labor. The sourcing. Yep. Yep. I, I think you're... Now, the hard truth, is it good? Yeah, it's really yeah. good. And again, though, that's... Is it worth the money? Would that's you say 70... 70? 
Less than three years. Yep. So, that's that's why. You, and it's all their juice. It is. It's hundred percent all their juice. Again, it's sweet mash. Same thing. It's not aged in Kentucky. It's aged in Indiana. Yep. And again, it's not MGP. That's what's really yep. confusing. It's Nash. It's really confusing. Nashville, Indiana. Yeah, which so. is really confusing. And they're a startup. Yep. I think they've only been around since 2015. Mm. And this is the hard truth. If anyone's interested, it's really hard to get. So I'm sure they're going to come out with another batch. Mm. The one that Rich and I are tasting is batch three. And each batch, as you know, forgets mm. small batch. Mm. That means nothing. But again, transparency, it's 30 barrels. Each batch is just 30 barrels. And they've only mm. done three. So it's good. I think it's worth the money. I think, especially comparatively speaking, hundred bucks to seventy bucks, it's definitely worth the money. And again, understanding what it is, they're a startup, which means they have investors, big time, you know, people they owe money to. Uh, yep. I don't know how much vodka and gin they're selling out of the distillery to help pay to the bills. It, yeah. Um, but you know, that's sort of the the state of affairs with with that's young startup brands. 100%. The juice is really good. It's it's tasty. So it, and it's very unique for, again, a, a weird, I think it's almost like they're teasing their neighbors a few hours away in Lawrenceburg, where instead of 95.5, which is the standard recipe for MGP, it's 94.6. I mean, come on. It's almost like poking the bear, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And the bottle definitely is a conversation starter. Yeah. Well it's, done. It's big. It's, the, bold. it's heavy. It's got the... And the raised what, glass on the back. Yeah. yeah, and I've read if you're going to... This isn't a stock bottle when you do stuff like that, obviously, from what little I've read. I mean, it caught... I mean, that's... they got to sink some money into whomever's making the glass. Yeah, there's that. a lot of thought put into the packaging. Yeah. So that definitely hits all three. Sweet. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's Thank a good time. Thank you for the uh, invite. That Absolutely. Was, that was a curveball. I thought maybe you were going to come and... Bring the brown sugar whiskey. That oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I went. Okay, I'll give that a whirl. <sighs> All right. Man, that was great. It's always good to drink with my good friend Peter. Uh, it's always good to drink with so many of you guys. Uh, it's just. A lot of fun and, you know, fun breaking down these whiskeys and, and having discussions without taking any of it too seriously or getting too pretentious about it. Now, kind of in conclusion to this, when we opened it and we did that tasting, uh, we literally were popping the cork. So they were neck pours. Um, and, you know, I we liked it. And, you know, that kind of comes through in our review. But, you know, I think I made a, a comment in there of how it wasn't a whiskey that I felt like I could drink a lot of in a night. Like it was an interesting if we rated it on a, you know, is it a, a taster, a sipper or a drinker? It was more of a taster. Well, what happened was the next day, uh, a friend of mine, Jason, had come into the store and I know he likes big rise, especially in the wintertime. And so we tasted this whiskey again together 
And man, what a different whiskey it was the next day. Um, you know, Fred Minnick, and there's a lot of things that I like about how he does things. And there's a lot of things I don't like about how he does things. And he's consistent. So, you know, some of the things that I don't like are the things that I like, uh, if that makes any sense. He's consistent with the way he does things. But one of the things that I really respect about him when he's reviewing whiskeys, whether you believe in, you know, his reviews or you agree with his palate is kind of irrelevant, but he doesn't really review a whiskey until he's tasted it three times for good reasons, because, you know, as we know, neck pours and then you have to get some air in there. So what I wanted to do to kind of round out this episode, which is probably the longest TNT episode ever. But you know what? It's the first one in 2023. I'm coming out strong, giving you guys a lot of content to listen to. So I wanted to revisit um, this high and wicked one more time. And just to kind of review, 51% corn. So a barely legal bourbon. You see that a lot in rye. I don't really see that much with bourbon. 51 corn, 39 rye, 10% malted barley, five years, 104 proof, just to kind of reestablish the specs there. Uh, medium toast on the barrel, number four char. I don't even have notes in front of me on that. I just remember that for some reason. People, are, how do you know all this? I don't know how I know all this. And with the amount of whiskey and tequila and rum and gin that I drink, it's amazing. Anything gets retained in my head, but somehow it settles in there. All right. So on the nose, this has kind of sunken into a, a far more balanced bourbon than it was when I tasted it with Peter. You know, I'm getting caramel on the nose. You're getting kind of all those flavors, some some good spice, soft oak. All right, here we go. Revisiting high and wicked. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that rye spice is still prevalent as well as it should be because, you know, it's almost as much rye as it is corn, but it's calmed down. There's some sort of like caramel green apple notes in there, but then some sort of toffee um, mocha notes from the bourbon. There's a good oak presence. It's deep. It's dark. It's rich. And yeah, on a cool winter's night, I'm all in on that. Uh, and again, to re-review, is it good? Yes. Is it worth the money? Again, anything is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Uh, I get all that goes into it. I get that that's what the current market is. I'm not entirely in love with that $100 price point. Uh, but I will say this, that at least in my store, Wachusett Wine and Spirits in West Boylston, you can get the 107 for a hundred bucks, or you can get the cask strength of the same whiskey for a hundred bucks. So pound for pound, maybe you take the cask strength. I don't know. Does the bottle start a conversation? Yeah, the bottle is very attractive. Uh, it's a great looking bottle. Overall, it's a really well made, really, really good whiskey. Um, 
and it just shows this has happened to me before uh, when I tried the Redwood Empire Haystack last year. Uh, when I opened it, I remember thinking like, oh boy, this is not great. How am I going to sell this? And then a month later, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, I don't have enough of this to sell to everybody who should have this. So uh, really give your whiskeys a second try sometimes, especially on a little bit higher proof um, upon revisiting this. I liked it the first time I tried it with Peter. I like it even more now that it's oxidized a, a touch and it's gone down a little bit in the bottle. So there it is, wrapping up the first Thursday night TNT tasting of 2023. High and Wicked and Hard Truth. Uh, hard Truth is a little bit harder to find. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, I think Peter mentioned it in the body of the podcast uh, where he got it. But if you search it out, you can find it uh, as well. All right. So you guys know the drill. If you like what's happening here, go to the podcast page on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Click the follow button. Give it a five-star rating. Share it out on your social media. Let's get some more people to join this family. So many people join this family in 2022. Let's grow it even more in 2023. Follow on Facebook and Instagram as The Spirit's Guide. You guys know the drill. I'm posting things that I'm drinking, reading, listening to all the time. Uh, for anything else, if you have questions, show ideas, uh, if there's anything that I talk about in the podcast where you're like, hey, you're wrong, that's bullshit, call me out on it. Comment on Facebook and Instagram or email me, thespiritguide89 at gmail.com. All right, guys, full episodes are coming soon. I'm looking forward to getting back into the rhythm with you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Yay!